Well, I'd just like to welcome Denny uh, to share his message with us today. Thank you, Russ. Appreciate your help. So I have a question for you as we begin. Why are we here on a Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m.? What, what are we doing? Anybody know why we're here? Why, why are we here? One person has the hand raised. I don't think if people could just shout it out. Worship, okay. Worship the Lord. Encounter God. Thank you. Somebody was listening last week. Thank you. Why did you come today? Why are you here? Your, your, your wife made you. Your dad made you. Your, your husband made you. Why are we here? I really want you to answer. To honor God. To fellowship. Rejoice in the Lord. Aren't we here because of Jesus? He has conquered death. He has conquered the grave. He's made a difference in our lives. And we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate. Normally we celebrate on Sundays because that's the day he conquered death, right? He had his resurrection on a, on a Sunday morning. So normally we worship on Sundays. That's not available for us at the moment. So we don't just quit and say, we're not going to do it. We find another time, Saturdays, and this time is 3 p.m. Good job, give yourselves a hand. You made it, you found it. I, I really, I just wanna say thanks again for your flexibility. Uh, man, this is, I, I just like, okay, what is going on? God, what are you teaching us? Because this is crazy, but I am glad. I'm, I wanna tell you, I'm glad that we can meet because I've been cured of taking that for granted. And I don't know what next week or next month or next year looks like. So let's take advantage of the opportunities that we have. And I'm glad you have. So I'm preaching to the choir, as they say. Hey, we had a fun uh, time on Thursday morning up at the Rock Pools. Oh, the picture's big again. Can we give our tech team a big hand? Wow. So there's Nathan running the camera. Good job, Nathan. And then his sister, Hannah, is running the screen. The Kamazanata family gets gold medals today. Good job, guys. Katie's troubleshooting. Ev troubleshooting. Martin's doing live streaming over here. Man, we're like a TV station or something. We've got all these people. Give them a hand one more time. And if you want to help, a little promo there. If you like tech stuff, we always need more people. Again, thanks to those of you who came in the afternoon when it was hot and you're wheeling stuff from the office over and some of you will do the same thing in a little while and we just sweat together. You know, fellowship of sweat. That's what we have in Hong Kong. Everybody's used to it, so no big deal. Well, we're, we're starting a new series today called Be Fruitful. Be Fruitful. I had a different name for this series uh, when I first began to preach this series about 15 years ago, but that name is no longer cool. So I had to come up with a new, uh, actually, uh, Kristen helped me come up with a new name, Be Fruitful. So we're studying the fruits of the Spirit, or I should say the fruit of the Spirit. We'll come back to that in just a second. So this is gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to walking through these with you. Uh, but we're based in Galatians chapter five, verse 22. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. 
But we're gonna read verses 22 and 23 together. We're gonna be camped in this set of verses for a while, for several weeks. But Galatians 5, 22 and 23, here's what these two verses say. They say this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. How many of you have been hearing this verse for at least 10 years? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you at least 20 years you've been hearing this verse? Keep your hand up. Okay, at least 30 years. Keep your hand up. We're gonna get some people that you don't want to confess this, right? How far are we going with this? 40 years, anybody? My hand is still up. At least 40 years you've been hearing this verse. Okay, so you can put your hands down. Great job. If you've been hearing this verse for a long time, you probably don't see a problem with the verse. Is anyone here seeing it for the very first time? Would you be brave enough to raise your hand and tell me this is your first time to see this verse? Because I think you may be able to see the problem. Anybody? Maybe you've only seen it a couple of times. Anybody, you're new with this? Do you see a problem with this verse, anybody? What's the problem? Any English majors in the house? What's the problem? The fruit is nine things? Paul, what's the problem, buddy? Did you, did you fail your uh, grammar class? Or if we believe the Holy Spirit inspired Paul as he's writing this, we're thinking, oh, Holy Spirit, there's this thing called plural. And when you have more than one, that's plural. So we would say it should read what? The fruits, plural, of the Spirit are these nine things, right? I mean, that's what, that's what it should be in our mind. But it's not. I mean, we can, we can see that. And if you look back in the original language, this, this is what it says. It's, it's singular. The fruit, singular, of the Spirit is, and then he lists nine things. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Now, to help you with this, if you just go back a couple of verses to verse 19, here's what it says. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. And it lists off 13 things, actually. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Okay, so what does this say? This says the Holy Spirit knows grammar, right? Because it says here, the works, plural, of the flesh are a plural verb, and it lists 13 things. Okay, so let's go back now. Can we go back to the one with the orange highlights? The fruit, singular, of the Spirit is. So what's happening here? What's happening? Now, I can tell you this. It would, in fact, be easier on us if it was plural. Because then it would be kind of like the, the gifts of the Spirit, right? The spiritual gifts. Because with the spiritual gifts, we know from studying Scripture that some people have some gifts and other people have other gifts, right? but not everybody has every gift. And so we would like for the fruit of the Spirit to be the same way, where it's the fruits of the Spirit are, and all these different ones, and some of, you, some of them you have, and some of them you don't have, other people get to have those, like patience, right? Somebody else can have patience. I'll have 
goodness because I'm really good, right? But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says the fruit, nine things, is. And so it's all together in, in one big chunk. All these nine things, the fruit produces all of them in us when he is present and active in our lives. It's like, oh man. And some of you are thinking, oh, I am in trouble. I'm not sure if I can do this. And so I'm gonna let you off the hook at the very beginning. It's not on you. The Holy Spirit is the one who produces the fruit because it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of you. So the fruit of the Spirit is these nine things. It reminds me of Neapolitan ice cream. I'm not sure if anybody even ever has this anymore. You ever had Neapolitan ice cream, anybody? Okay, Neapolitan ice cream is a flavor of ice cream. It's not our flavor. Neapolitan is, now there's three kinds. There's the strawberry and the vanilla and the chocolate all together in one. But it's one flavor, right? They're all smashed up together. Maybe for you, it's, it's the Slurpee at 7-Eleven in the South Plaza. Hallelujah. Let's keep talking about cold things at the moment, right? So you know the Slurpee machine at 7-Eleven in the South Plaza. You know the choices, right? The one in the middle is just straight Coca-Cola Slurpee. But I go down here and that's peach flavored. And I go over here, it's blueberry, I think. And I go up here, it's uh, grapefruit. Why would I pick that? I have, just to be curious. But, or there's the crazy button, right? You know the crazy button I'm talking about? Up here on the top left, it's the, yes. It's the mix of all of them together. You see, the Holy Spirit is actually way ahead of us. This is like juicing 2,000 years ago. They didn't have juicers yet. But the Holy Spirit knew, we're gonna take these nine things and juice them all together, and that's what the Holy Spirit's gonna produce in you whenever the Holy Spirit's living inside of you. So that's, that's where we're starting. We have these nine things, and we're gonna look at them one at a time so we can understand what the Spirit will do in us and through us, but we have to understand that we should be seeing all of these out of our lives as the Spirit produces them in our lives. Okay, so uh, now what we're gonna do for fun, because we have these nine different fruits, and I wanna try to connect those to fruits that we see on a regular basis. And so the first one we know, what's the first, uh, the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. Okay, so we have an artist in the house. This is Linda Herod has done a cool job painting, and she's gonna paint for us each of these fruits. But here's the first one today. This is the fruit of the Spirit, love. Look at that. Woohoo! So the strawberry is going to represent love. Now, just a quick side note. One of the cool things that I love about this is that we have art in church. Somebody's happy. I don't know if you know this, but some of the best music ever written, some of the finest paintings in history have come related to church. And I would think that the God of creativity the God who invented all these different things, as, as he's living in us by his spirit, we should be able to produce the best work in the world. So I love that we have art in church today. So let there be more creativity in art. Again, Linda, thank you very much for this. So we just give Linda a hand, thank you. So the strawberry is gonna represent love, and we're gonna talk about love today. And if there's a topic that needs like four days to talk about, it's love, because there's so much here. I began to think about love songs, and I was gonna sing some of them, 
I was singing one to Laura in the kitchen earlier today. She was like, oh, that's an old one. I'm not going to sing it, but I kind of want to. So, so here's the deal. We have ideas about love, don't we? And so here's the question I want us to start with. Is love a decision or an accident? Because the way we talk about love is things like, I fell in love, right? That sounds like you're walking along and there's a hole called love and you fell in the hole. Oops, I fell in love. Or you hear people say, I fell out of love. Now love is a bus and you're going along and you get rattled and you fall out of the bus. I fell in love, I fell out of love. It's like an accident happened. I don't know, I just fell in love. That's not how it works. Here's one of my favorite ones. It reminds me of, of people from, uh, so again, quick, quick side note. I love living in Discovery Bay, Hong Kong because you hear phrases from people all around the world. One of my favorite phrases that I've heard since we've been here is people that say, I know someone who fell pregnant. <laughs> again, like it's an accident. Like, I don't think it's an accident. And love is the same way, right? You, you don't just accidentally have this love thing. There's more to it than just, whoop, here we are in love. And, and I get that because we use the word love in lots of different ways, don't we? So like we'll hear people say, I love pizza. Really? And what are we saying? We're saying, I like pizza a whole lot, but I mean, that's very different than other things. Or people will say, um, you know, people are in love and there's this romance idea to it. Or even you'll, you'll see guys or gals tell other people the same gender, right? Hey, I love you so much. And that's not romantic, it's just a deep relationship. The guys are funny. When the guys tell each other they love each other, it's like, love you, man. Love you, bro. You gotta add something on the end, right, to make it okay otherwise, because you don't ever see a guy say, I love you. No, it's always, love you, man. Like L-U-V love, not L-O-V-E, because that's weird. But L-U-V, love you, man, yep, pat, pat, right? It's real quick, not too weird. So we say things like that, and what do we mean? We mean, I care about you, I, I enjoy that pizza, um, I'm interested, sometimes there is this romance idea to love, but we use the word in lots of different ways, and so no wonder, there's a little bit of confusion. Let me cover three or four really different official kinds of love that are out there, okay? So the first one is called eros love. Eros love, now maybe you've heard this before, but eros love is this romantic or feeling emotional kind of love, right? In the movies, when the music's so sweet, before the big kiss at the end, <sighs> exactly, that's eros. I'm glad you have that opinion now, you won't later. <laughs> Ellie, Brady, Will. Okay, the second kind of love is phileo love, and some would say there's a fourth kind called storge. I put these two together. These are basically like this friendship kind of love. I care about you, you care about me, we're good friends. We're partners. We're going through this thing together. We're on the same team. The city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, right? So that's this idea of we're friends. We care about each other. We're friends. We're partners in the journey. But then the third kind is the big one, and that's what we're talking about in Galatians chapter 5 and most of the New Testament. Anytime you see the word love, usually it's this third one, agape. 
And agape love is different. Agape love is this self-sacrificing love, this love that's not in it for me at all. And so just a quick recap. So eros love between a man and a woman on a wedding day. The man says, I love you. Yeah. We're married. Yeah. But then after seven, eight, ten years, three kids come along, right? He's heading off to a road trip, and she's like, you're leaving me with these kids? You're crazy. I love you. I love you, too. We're partners, aren't we? Hang in there. Or maybe she's the one leaving, and he's stuck, and that's a real problem, right? I love you. We're still buddies. We're still friends. We're partners, right? This is phileo love. But then you go fast forward to when she's in a coma in the hospital bed. And he brings flowers and he whispers in her ear, I love you, not even knowing if she can hear. That's agape love, right? So these same two people, different feelings, different kinds of ideas. And so this eros love is a feeling love. Phileo love is a logical love. It makes sense. But agape love is a giving love. And that's the kind of love we're talking about today. Just to help you have context, we're talking about this giving of yourself kind of love. And so, but it's not just for couples and, you know, for guys and gals. It's for strangers even that you might run into. But let me just make five quick statements about love. Okay, so here's the first agape love statement. Number one, it's about the other person, not me. Okay, so we have to start with that, the idea that it's, it's for someone else. I'm not doing this so that I get something out of it. That's phileo or eros love. Agape is I care about you and I'm sacrificing for you. It's for the other person. How do you know this? Well, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and let's see if we can look at the most classic passage about love and learn a little bit, right? 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight says this, love is patient and kind, does not envy or boast. See, that's not about me at all. It's not arrogant or rude, does not insist on its own way is not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I'll say, okay, very, very clear. One of the things I heard someone say one time is put the name Jesus in, in, in the place of love and you can understand more. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not insist on his own way. He's not irritable or resentful. Jesus does not rejoice at wrongdoing. So you see how this works, right? So then to see how we're doing, you put your name in there and see if it fits, right? Danny is patient, oh, done. How far would you make it? So we can see, okay, I have work to do, or I should say there is work to do in this area for me to be a loving person because love is not about me, it's about the other person. And so just for fun, I have a video to show uh, and I wanna set, set this video up a little bit. So in the US especially, but I know we have it here as well, there's the CCTV thing. But whenever you have a security camera on your driveway in particular, you can highlight which areas are gonna be alarm areas and which areas are not. That way if a squirrel runs by or a cat or whatever, it won't set off your alarm, okay? So in the video, this guy has set up his driveway as an alarm. So anytime someone walks into that area, it sends a notice to him, okay? So that's why he's interested in what's, what's happening. But watch what happens here.
I actually used the rear stand from the 848 and I took all of y'all's advice, but I thought you'd appreciate this. I was able to get like a nice little course. Also taking some of Keith's advice, I used up more of the driveway we have, the back straight, assuming that the three-year-old can read, and slow, and then turn, and then eyes up, because you know he's not looking, and down. Another little rumble, and then for the win! Ching ching! Winner winner chicken dinner! So, yeah. I don't know who's having more fun with this, him or me. Isn't that cool? So he took a problem and made it into a really cool story. And I wonder if we can have that same kind of approach, right? So it's not just for that spouse or for your kids, but it's for even strangers sometimes that we need to have this love, this love that's not about us, it's love for other people. This agape self-giving love. He's out there at night putting down a track on his driveway and now all these other people are coming in, right? Uh, that's what we should be like. We by the power of the Spirit should have that kind of influence in our context, in our community. Okay, so here's the second statement about uh, agape love. So first, it's not about us, it's about the other person. Secondly, this agape love is only possible because of God. It's only possible because of God. So this is not something that, um, that we just come up with. He's the one that originates this. I have a logo that I want to show you, okay? You see this logo? Anybody know what that stands for? Air? Air Jordans, right? Who is that? Michael Jordan. Okay, so just to add it all up, to have Air Jordans, what did you have to have first? Michael Jordan, right? So without Michael Jordan, there's no Air Jordans, okay? So I want you to look at this verse now, 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. Know God no love. That's where it comes from. He is the origin, the source of love. Now, some people here, you may say, okay, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I don't really have a relationship with God, but I think that I do love people. And so, but I would say this is the imagio Dei, the imprint of God as he, as he created us, he put part of himself in us. And this idea of being able to love comes from him. It comes from him and him alone. So love is only possible because of 
God. The third agape love statement I want to make. God is our best example of love. He's our best example of love. We see some really cool ones out there, but his blows everyone else away. Obviously, John 15, 13 tells us the greatest level of love. Greater love has no one than this, than someone laid down his life for his friends. And then we read Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates or shows his love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So he says the greatest way that a person can love is to lay down their life. And Jesus did that, which shows God's love is the best example we can ever see. The fourth agape love statement I want to make here is that we can't love in our own power. So everybody can take a deep breath right now. <sighs> Exhale. So I, the pressure is not on you. And I don't want you to leave this saying, I have to love better, right? And we'll come back to that in just a minute, how this works. But you can't do this. In fact, if you try to make it all happen on your own without God, what you're going to end up with is a counterfeit. I have a picture here of a, of a watch shop that I think is fantastic, right? Genuine fake. And whenever we try to do stuff in our own power, that's what the result will end up being. It's not the real thing. Now, it may be close. It may be functional. It may be helpful. But it's not the real thing, right? So real love, only the Spirit can produce this in our lives. And then the fifth statement I want to make here is this one. Learning to love is the most important thing we'll do. Now, do you see a number there? I told you the first time I walked through this series and talked through this series was about 16 years ago, 2005. And this was my big statement at the end. But there's a problem. In the last 16 years, I've learned some new things and I've grown. But let me tell you why I put this statement up in front of the people that I was teaching, right? Let me tell you why I taught this, all right? So there's a, a really strong verse in Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38, actually two verses there. Jesus is responding to the question, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, here's the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Okay, so the greatest commandment is that we, what? Love God. We talked about this last week. And he says the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so these first two commandments, instead of 10, we can boil it all down to two. Love God and love people. All the commandments are wrapped up in these two. Love God and love people. So that's a true statement. The greatest command is for us to love God and love people. So if we're gonna fulfill that, then the greatest thing we can do is to learn to love, which was my statement back in 2005. But as I've been reading and as the Spirit's been teaching me, I've been seeing, you know what, there's, there's more to this. And kind of the tipping point for me was 1 John 4, 10, which says this, this is love. Not that we have loved God, but what? He loved us and sent a son as the propitiation, the, the punishment, the payment for our sins. You see, love is not us loving God. 
It starts with him loving us. You see, here's what I've realized. We're not in the command obeying era anymore. We're not under law now. What are we under? We're under grace. Now, when we follow the Spirit, we will follow those laws, right? We will obey the laws, but that's not the point. The point is not to try to follow all the laws anymore. We receive the forgiveness. That's what Jesus came to do, to take us out of this performance-based life. Our relationship with God no longer, is no longer based on what we do, but rather what he has done. And then we just have to receive that. So now I've rephrased agape statement number five, and here it is now, the 2021 version, learning to be loved is the most important thing we'll do. Because when we will receive the love, then we have something to give. But until we have it from him, anything we're offering to someone else is less than the real thing. The greatest thing we can do is learn to be loved and then we can love. Look at 1 John 4, 19. It says this, <laughs> and this is pretty clear. We love, why? Because he first loved us. That's the sequence, that's how this goes. We, we receive the love and then we can give the love. And so, so here's what I, I, I this, is, this is liberating, right? Because if there's a love problem in your life, whether it's with your parents or if it's you're with your spouse or your children or your, whoever it may be in your life, if there's a love problem, you know what you can do? Come back and receive more and then you'll have more to give. So instead of trying to get that person to fix their problem, that's not the source of your love. The source is from God. So whenever we receive love from him, when we learn, and listen, it's a learning process. When we learn to receive the love of God, then we're able to love the way we should, love him and love others. This is tough for some of us because being loved is kind of a vulnerable thing. Being loved by God means you're humbling yourself and some of us don't wanna do, that's the last thing we wanna do to say, I need love, I need something from God. But that's how it works. If you wanna have agape love, the source is God himself. That's why it says the fruit of the spirit is love. The, the spirit produces this love in us as we receive it. And so some of you today, you just need to receive the love of God. I wanna encourage you, learn to receive the love of God. Stop trying to perform for him and open up your heart and let him love you receive the love of God in your life. And we'll talk about how we can do that more in just a second. But I wanna come back now to that qu the question I asked way back uh, at the beginning. And it was just this simple question, is love a decision or an accident? Is it, is it a decision or is it an accident? And I hope you can see that love is a decision. Now, it can be confusing if it's coming from the Spirit. Okay, is he doing it? Am I doing it? What, what's, what's the deal here? So I want to walk through that a little bit with you. So assuming love is a decision that we have to make. It's not something we just feel necessarily, even though there are feelings sometimes. How does that work? Step one, decide to let the Spirit fill you. If you want the fruit of the Spirit, you need the Spirit. So decide to let the, the Spirit fill you. 
Now, some of you are like, oh, we're getting to weird stuff. No, it's wonderful stuff. It's wonderful. Let the Spirit fill you. Now, some people, they get confused about, okay, how does this work and how, how much of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's a great phrase that I want you to see and hold on to. This phrase is so good. It's not how much of the Spirit you get, but how much of you the Spirit gets. Don't worry so much about how much of the Holy Spirit do I have. Rather, how much of me have I given to the Holy Spirit? Let him have everything. Open up every part of your life. And you have to be intentional with this. You have to be intentional. So honestly, last night, as I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed and I'm saying, okay, how do you do this? Like, how, how do we let the Spirit fill us? And the people tomorrow are gonna to be listening. I'm gonna say, let the Spirit fill you. And they're like, okay, how? Let Him fill you. So I was talking to someone just a couple of days ago who was uh, telling me about a guy that's a watch fanatic, a watch fanatic. Anytime they had any extra money, they go buy a new watch, right? Some people are shoe fanatics. They gotta have a new pair of shoes every week or they haven't, they're not alive anymore, right? Gotta have new shoes, gotta have new shoes. Other people, it's food. I gotta have this certain kind of food, right? So some of you have touched on yours, but you know what yours is. Here's what's funny. When you love something, isn't it amazing how you just happen to be in the area where that store is? Whoops, here I am at the watch store. Ha, maybe I should buy one. Oh, here I am at the shoe store. Well, I guess since they're here and I'm here, I should buy one. Food, the bakery, I think I'm gonna have one just because I'm here. When you care about something, you find a way to be there. And so if you wanna be filled, if you really want to, if you decide you wanna be filled with the Spirit, you know what you'll do? You'll put yourself in a place where He can fill you, where He can speak to you. So maybe for you, it's through music that's encouraging. For all of us, we know He teaches us through His Word. As we spend time reading the Bible, this is God's love letter to us. And as we open it, He speaks to us. We're not opening it and reading it so we can tick a box, so we can check that off our list. We're reading it because we want to receive from Him. We want to be filled with Him. So we intentionally put ourselves in a place where He can fill us. And then it's not just filling part of us, but all of us. We invite Him into every part of us. Psalm 139, 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It's like, look, open everything. There's no partition. You can have all this, but don't look over here. That's my fun zone. No, that's your death zone, friend. No closet that we don't let him come into. No, open up everything to him, and then we'll see this new heart. You know, here's what happens. As we spend time with him, you know what? He begins to rub off on us. And, and you'll see your heart begin to soften. And things that used to make you angry don't. They make you actually sad or they make you compassionate. So you see your heart begin to change and your eyes begin to change. And so things that you used to just brush by and now you can't get past, you're fixated on. This is a problem that someone has to address. And the Holy Spirit's saying, it's you. I've put you here to fix that. And so he'll begin to speak to you. He'll begin to help you to see. And then you want to make a difference. You want to love because the Holy Spirit's, Holy Spirit's doing it in 
you. Prayer. If you want to get to know someone, talk to them, right? And so as you're walking, as you're going through your daily life, just be in conversation with him. I love the guys, the, you know, the pilots, they have the radio on and they're talking to somebody. And even when they, when they leave this area, they transfer to this person because they're gonna have someone on the radio all the time. Who do you have on the radio? If you wanna be filled, you got to be walking in the spirit, speaking with him, talking, listening, praying with him. So as we're filled, then he produces the fruit in us. So here's the next thing. We have to decide when he reveals things to us to obey. He said, do this, now I have to do it. I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna do what he's said. Not in my own strength, but in his strength. And so we have lots of little decisions that will happen. It's like, I'm gonna say yes to you. I'm gonna say yes, I'm gonna say yes. And then you have this sweet, sweet relationship that continues. And here's the fun thing. There will be times when the Holy Spirit will come on you in a powerful way. Something different, something special. And he is God. You can't tell him what to do, but he will speak to you. And he will show up in your life in a powerful way at some times. And so we wanna be filled with the Spirit. And so we do decide, I want that. I'm gonna put myself in a place. And so we decide. But the most important decision for us, if we've never received that first gift, is to say, you know what? I'm gonna receive that very first gift, that love gift that Jesus bought for me. I'm gonna receive that one. I'm gonna receive that salvation that Jesus bought for me. We'll go back to Romans 5, verse eight, which says this, but God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Earlier we sang, here I bow down. It's that humbling, step where at the cross we kneel and we say I receive the gift I can't take care of my sin I need you I can't get rid of the guilt and the shame on my own I need you and so we kneel and we receive the love of God we receive the love of God and then he begins to do that work, and we'll see the fruit come out of our lives. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Some of you need to receive that gift of salvation, that very first gift of love that God wants to give. And you can, you can do that today. You can just say, Jesus, save me. I'm kneeling before you today. I need you. I wanna receive that gift. You can do that today. We have a prayer for you, and so if that's you, you can pray this prayer. It's not that these special words have to be prayed, but again, the idea is your heart connecting with God, confessing your sin, and acknowledging Him as your Savior. So you can just pray this prayer. So if you're ready to trust Jesus today, I invite you in your heart, kneel at the cross, and you can repeat this prayer. You can look up at the screen. It's available for you. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying for me. Today I turn from my own way and I choose to trust you and follow you. Please forgive my sins. Make me a new person. I give myself to you. Thank you. Amen. And so Father, we, we pray today 
that you would help us to get ourselves out of the way. Lord, we're such task-oriented, goal-oriented people that we think we can just do this on our own, but that's not how it works with the fruit of the Spirit. You have to produce this in us. So may we be humble enough, may we be broken enough, honest enough to say, we need you. So whether we're becoming a Christian for the first time today, making the decision to receive that salvation gift that Jesus offers, or if we've been a follower for decades, may we recognize our need. We can't do the things that we should do without the power of God in us. And so we receive, we ask that you help us receive your power in us. Cleanse away the junk. Cleanse away the junk. Open our eyes. Break our hearts. Give us eyes to see what you see. Lord, we want to see you transform our lives, our families, our community, our city, the world. We wanna see you do that and we know you want to use us. So Father, may we be different when we leave today as we surrender some new area, as we're filled with the Spirit, we surrender in a new way and we have your power working in us. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do as we allow you to work through us. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, amen. I don't know what you need to change. I don't know what you need to surrender. But again, spend time letting the Spirit fill you and then you can love others. If you're trusting Christ today, we wanna know that. We have an email address, yes, at dbicc.org. Send us a quick note and we can follow up with you and encourage you along the way. But all of us, God wants to produce love out of our lives. So let him do that as you walk with him and see him do miracles through you with people around you. Can we stand together? We're gonna close.